So, so for me, one of the things that I've uh, tried to get better at is creating more distance between my uh, reaction to something and my response to that thing. This is this is 100% one of the areas that I have a lot of opportunity for improvement. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we're back with Ryan Levesque, our guest in show 593, where we got his personal development story, his own inside look, and then got into his ask method, where the point is asking your customers, your prospects, your audience, what they want so you can give it to them. Simple uber powerful, but just not super easy either. And so that's what we talked about in that show. Make sure you listen to it in this one. However, as with every guest, we follow the seven spokes of the Ziggler wheel of life and hear what healthy habits Ryan employs or struggles with to keep him succeeding and achieving and overcoming. You'll hear how he had a big health scare at the age of 30 when he was diagnosed with juvenile type one diabetes. Yeah. At the age of 30. Uh, really interesting. You'll also hear that for pure joy, he is an AFOL, adult fan of Legos, which a lot of you guys will like to hear. And I want to let you know, once a year, Ryan offers a master class to teach his ask method. And it's going on right now. I'd highly encourage you to go to askmethod.com slash Ziggler and check it out. You'll find the majority of the entire Ziggler team participating as students. Uh, I'm now using the ask method for help to spearhead a new business offering I'm working on. Well, and Ryan has used this ask method to help build multi-million dollar businesses in 23 different industries, generating over a hundred million dollars in sales in the process. And his student entrepreneurs have used the ask method in thousands of different industries to launch and scale their businesses online as well. So again, check it out. Askmethod.com slash Ziggler. So we'll get started with this discussion with Ryan on his healthy habits right after I share some valuable resources with you. Okay, here then we get Ryan Levesque's Healthy Habits. Okay, Ryan, so you make a lot happen. You've got a lot going on. You're leading a lot of people, and yet you're a human that has to get up in the morning, put their pants on, and make uh, and, and start off right as well, but do the, do the habits for success. So uh, we're going to go through the seven spokes on the Ziggler Wheel of Life and see what you're doing, where you're strong, where you're weak, all the good stuff. So first one is physical. And I actually, because I have to stalk all my interviewees, you know, I, I looked at that and I know you've, you kind of made a physical transformation here recently. So you must be doing a few things. So tell us what's happened on the physical side. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm someone who, uh, struggled my entire life to get into a gym. Like I could, I could get to the gym for like 10 days in a row and then something would happen in my life and I would fall off the wagon and three months would go by before I got myself back in. And so uh, one of the promises I made to myself after I uh, emerged from a, uh, uh, a um, tragic health situation where I came out of uh, intensive care, I said, um, I'm going to use this. I can use this. Um, and, I, and this is going to define me in one way or the other. I can use this to define me for the rest of my life, or I can use this as the impetus to get into the best shape of my life. And mm -hmm. I chose the latter. And I decided to invest in an area I'd never, I wasn't just willing to spend money in, which was to invest in a personal trainer. And I said, I knew that if I had paid for an appointment, that um, if I knew there was someone waiting there at the gym for me, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to waste that because I don't like to waste money. And so fast forward five, six years later, 
And uh, I've worked with a personal trainer. His name is Theo. He's uh, just turned 65 years old. He's an incredible inspiration in the most amazing shape of, your li of his life. And uh, I work with him um, every single day, uh, Monday through Friday. And it's enabled me to, gosh, drop 10% body fat, put on you know, 50 pounds of, of lean muscle, um, and get into the best shape of, of my life. So I'm a big and coaches. And this is one of the areas of my life that uh, I happily uh, pay Theo every single month uh, for what he does for me. Yeah. The accountability of a personal trainer is huge. I mean, I got to say though, 50 pounds of muscle, that is a, that is a massive, massive feat. How about on the nutrition it, side? What, what are you doing there? Yeah. On the nutrition side. So I have, uh, you know, supplements that I, that I take every single day. Um, one of the things that I've realized is I did, I went through this DNA testing process, which tests your, tests your genetic makeup to mm -hmm. define the optimal diet for you. So, so I'm a type one diabetic. I have, um, that's, uh, I found out when I uh, got six, six years ago, I'd slipped into diabetic ketoacidosis. This is my, um, my insulin pump. Mm -hmm. You can see the, the tether. It's, um, it, it uh, pumps uh, artificial insulin into my body. Um, I keep my blood sugar under a very tight rein. So I have a sensor attached to my stomach that um, basically operates like an artificial pancreas to, to monitor your blood sugar levels and then modulate that with, um, with insulin. Um, so I keep a very narrow range. And for that reason, I eat a very low carb diet. Mm. So um, I found that I do really well on a high fat diet. So every day, I'll give you an example. I have a smoothie. Um, in this smoothie, it's very simple. I have a protein powder that's a, a, a defatted beef protein powder. So it's based on it's beef. It's not soy. It's not um, uh, anything else. It's, it's based beef protein. Um, I have that mixed with uh, avocados, two avocados, uh, a, a third of a can of uh, full fat organic coconut milk. Um, as much greens as I can pack in, like lettuce, you know, that I can pack in, um, and then water and ice, and that's it. Um, and that will sustain me for the morning. Like I'll have that as my first meal after working out. It'll take me through 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon when I'll have my first solid meal. Um, and that, for me, uh, keeps my blood sugar extremely um, level um, and keeps me uh, uh, high energy. I don't drink any caffeine. I don't have any alcohol. Um, I, I cut both of those things after I emerge from the hospital. So I don't have like a morning uh, coffee ritual, but I have this instead. And it's been uh, incredibly powerful for me. Uh, incredible. Yeah. So the family is next. I know that family, again, you know, stalking you is a big part of your life. You're married, uh, two kids, but you're also busy, uh, as, as yeah. any successful entrepreneur is, uh, when unfortunately a lot of unsuccessful as well, we stay busy. And, uh, so family though, what are the habits you're putting in place to keep you guys vibrant there? I'll tell you the thing that's changed our life more than anything else, right? So um, I, my wife and I met when we were 18 years old. Uh, we've been together for 18 years, so we're both 36 this year. So it's officially half of my life. I've been with my best friend in the world. I, you know, My business partner, we co-founded the business together, my absolute best friend, um, mother of my two boys, like you know, my favorite, my most important person in this world. Um, and we had a heart-to-heart, -heart and we realized that one of the things that we weren't doing a good job of is was having dedicated one-on-one -on -one time with mm. our boys. And so I learned something from one of my good friends, Jim Shields. And Jim Shields teaches something called the family boardroom. And, and this may be the biggest takeaway for anybody listening to this right now who's not familiar with this if you have children. And it goes like this. Once a quarter, just like you run your business, you have a boardroom meeting with each family member individually. So if you've got a, a son like I do, a six-year-old son, you have a one-on-one -on -one day every three months with him. You treat it as being just as sacred as your 
corporate boardroom meeting that you have every, every quarter. Um, and there's only uh, uh, three rules with this. Number one, it's one-on-one -on -one time. Number two, they get to choose what you do during that one-on-one -on -one day. Mm. And number three, no screen time. So it can't be watching a movie. It can't be playing on the cell phone. It's just no screen time. And I'll tell you, we call in our house, we call it special days. And my boys look forward to these special days more than anything else. They say, daddy, daddy, when's that next special day? On the next special day, I want to go to the trampoline park. On the next special day, I want to go uh, swim in the pool, whatever it may be. Um, and I'll tell you that more than anything else, uh, because we look forward to it. It's like their favorite day of the year, and it happens four times a year. It's transformed the family dynamic, um, having that one-on-one -on -one time. And my, my wife and I do it as well. We have our boardroom days, which is just the two of us, and we you know, put the kids with the grandma and grandpa. So that practice, it's called the family boardroom meeting is a great little book by Jim Shields that walks through the process. But the way I've outlined it is the process in a nutshell changed our life. Absolutely changed wow. our life. Man, that is good. And that is honestly good for me to hear as well. I have a lot of kids. It's very difficult to take the one-on-one -on -one time. And yet it's been, uh, it's been on my, on my brain, uh, recently been on my mind and my heart. So, uh, thank you. I'm going to take that as an extra charge to make it happen. Well, the third spoke here is mental, just the things that you do consistently yeah. to keep yourself mentally sharp, keep that mental edge and keep you mentally healthy and well, what do you do? Totally. Yeah. So um, one of the kind of fun facts, weird things about me is uh, I came into this world um, uh, having spent five years living and working in China. Uh, I studied uh, Chinese at university. Uh, I've done immersive, intensive programs in China. Um, as a result, um, I speak Chinese nearly fluently. My two boys, uh, since they've been born, they're um, Mexican-American. I'm white. My wife's Mexican. So um, they're not of Asian descent, um, but they've been learning Chinese since birth. And so wow. Um, the reason why uh, uh, I spend so much time with language uh, is because I've realized that language is in the DNA of everything that I do professionally. Whenever you enter a new market and you're looking to understand the language of that market, I pull from learning a vastly foreign language. And so the, the thing that I do to keep mentally sharp is uh, I've got a little app on my phone. Uh, I practice my Chinese every single day. So wow. I practice with flashcards. I practice with the kids. We speak Chinese at home. Um, we have a tutor that comes in and, and works with us uh, uh, every couple of days at home. Um, so that's the thing that I do that's outside of my kind of work work uh, to stay mentally sharp. Um, and I continually discover fascinating parallels between learning and improving your skill in a foreign language and understanding the nuance of the language of the market that you serve in your business. Okay, that is it's got to be one of the most unique answers I've ever gotten to the mental spoke one, but I love it. It speaks to uh, brain training and so much that we talk about, about doing, you know, X, Y, Z, this thing over here that if, as an ancillary benefit is benefiting you, you know, getting you over here. Love it. Um, number four is financial. And obviously you have had great financial success, but uh, you probably did some specific things to get yourself there. So this can be the financial things you did to help yourself get to a place of health and wellness, or uh, maybe some of the things you're still doing today. I'll give you a tip um, that, that, that we use, and it's, it's, a, it's a tough one to follow, but it's been uh, incredibly, uh, I think, critical to our success. So um, I learned the importance of what I'm about to describe. The way we spend money in our family, in our house, is we look at the money we made three years ago 
And that's our budget for how we live today. Mm. So I see so many entrepreneurs, especially the entrepreneurs that I serve. I've got uh, a couple of entrepreneurs I serve that have achieved tremendous growth, right, in their business. And the first thing that they want to do is they want to go out and buy a fancy new house, a fancy new car, um, spend a ton of money on stuff. And I feel like I'm an older brother where I'm saying, guys, you know, hang on a second, right? Um, this is awesome. I'm so pleased. I'm so proud of you. And you should be so proud of yourself. Um, but one of the things that we've learned to do is live way below our means. And a great way to do that is ask yourself, what did you make three years ago? If you treat that as your budget, then you're never going to go over the edge and overspend. You're always going to have that nest egg. Mm -hmm. You're always going to have that emergency fund. You're always going to have money to invest in, you know, your retirement or passive investments that you make. And so that's one of the philosophies that we have is the, uh, what we live on is what we made three years ago. And, um, as tempting as it may be to want to like break that rule, um, it's, uh, it's served, uh, it's served us well. That is interesting. I think, again, I've, I've not quite heard that perspective. Living below your means, of course, but three years ago, very, really interesting. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Uh, number five, then, spiritual. Tell us about what you're doing on that side of your life, what you're employing. So, so for me, one of the things that I've uh, tried to get better at is creating more distance between my uh, reaction to something and my response to that thing. Mm. This, is, this is 100% one of the areas that I have a lot of opportunity for improvement. And so I have a tendency, because I'm a quick start, uh, just the way I operate, something will happen and I'll want to respond to it right away. And so what, one of the skills I'm working on is creating more distance between that. And so uh, spiritually speaking, um, I have a practice. It's called a meditation practice, a prayer practice, where I spend a little time every single day by myself. And I'll tell you when I do it. It's after I get back from the gym, before I'm home, in my car, in the driveway, where I just am sitting with myself alone and I'm practicing mindfulness to get better at that distance between something happens, whether it's good or bad, taking deep breath, reflecting on it, and then reacting after creating that space. And so um, I'm not going to lie, Kevin, this is definitely one of the areas that, uh, gosh, if, if you have any tips, if any viewers have any tips, like this is one that I, I want to work on. But uh, I know if you put your mind to it, you're going to crack that nut. And so that's kind of one of the areas that I'm working on right now. I, I would have to say out of these spokes, that's the one that most would say is, is the most important. We know that. And yet it's the one that's the least urgent and doesn't get tended to watered as much uh, for sure. Well, thanks. Six career. And you know, this one you have had, you told us the story in our initial interview that was show 593 folks. If you haven't heard it, you need to go listen to it. But uh, you know, you've had a varied career. You've done a lot of different things and what, so what are the things now? And, and I'm sure, my gosh, you work with so many entrepreneurs. You are overloaded, I imagine, with opportunities. And as you continue to have success, you can go a hundred different directions. What are the things that you are doing to keep yourself on the right path career-wise? Yeah, you know, for me, I think I, I, I started making a bit of a shift in my, my focus on how to develop my skills in my career um, about a year and a half ago, where I shifted from becoming a better uh, marketer, communicator, teacher, to becoming a better leader. Mm. And that's one of the areas that I feel like I'm still, um, I'm still crawling on my hands and knees right now. Yeah. Like I'm still taking my baby steps, learning, you know, I still got my floaties in the pool, uh, trying to figure that out. Um, but really becoming a better leader. What does that mean exactly? And, 
you know, there's, there's so many dimensions to it. And I think it's one of these things that we could, um, you can develop that skill for the rest of your life. But that's where my head is right now, is how to become a better leader. And I'll tell you one book that I read recently that's had a big impact on my thinking. Um, it's a book by, uh, uh, by Ray Dalio called Principles. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredibly popular book now. Um, it's a very thick book. So it's a, it's a book that I think few people have read cover to cover. It's a dense book. Um, but it's, um, if you're not familiar with it, uh, Ray Dalio is a, one of the most successful hedge fund managers of all time. And he basically, throughout his life, had recorded his life lessons. And he did it in such a methodical way that uh, he was able to write a book about it that is incredibly comprehensive. Um, and he shares his early struggles and how he used those struggles to become um, really an incredible leader. Um, and so that's one book that I recently uh, got through that's had a big impact on my thinking in that area of leadership. I mean, thanks for sharing that. I got uh, somebody, somebody referenced that book or recommended it to me within the past year. I pulled it up on Amazon. I read about it. I know the name. I did not pull the trigger to buy it. So on your recommendation right there. It's a good one. I'll do it. Okay. It's the, it's the best book that I've read in uh, cover to cover in the last 12 months. Wow. Okay. Good testament. Thank you. Uh, last one here, seven, this is personal. This is the things that you do for you. It could be the, the fun, the play, the hobbies, the things that just make, you know, they inspire and make you whole. Tell us about it. Yeah. So this one's going to be funny. Um, so, uh, for me, my thing, my escape, the thing that I enjoy more than anything else, um, is, uh, is the toy Lego. Like I'm a huge Lego fan. I'm what they call an A-full, an adult fan of Lego. We have an entire room in our house with fully constructed Lego sets. Um, my boys and I play Lego. It's the most cherished time that I have with my boys, my kiddos, where we're doing a battle on the floor or something like that. And so when I want to just zen out and, and meditate, um, I'll either build a set. Um, this is going to sound kind of funny. Um, I'll uh, organize the Lego into like different uh, like colors. It's just like very zen. And it's like mm -hmm. one of those things. It's like for some people, it's building puzzles. Um, it's kind of one of the things that I enjoy personally. It's a lot of fun. It brings me back to my childhood. Um, and uh, as a family, we have some of our favorite memories uh, on the floor of the living room, building the pirate ship, building the Millennium Falcon. Um, and yeah. so uh, Lego is my answer for that one there. Uh, yeah, I, uh, one regret of my life is not investing in Legos for the amount of money I've made. <laughs> At least I would recoup some of that. But it, it's been a cherished part of my kids' life. But I love, what was the thing, the adult, uh, what was that, that acronym that you said? It's it. so, so there's an AFOL, which is an A-F-O-L, which stands for adult fan of lego okay and uh, there's k-foles which is the kid fan of lego so um if you're in the inn if you're like one of the insiders that's uh -huh. the lingo that they use a-foles and k-foles okay i learned something i'm going to tell my kids about that awesome hey right <laughs> man thank you for giving us a, a little backstage pass to the things that are making you tick and helping you bring your art to us greatly appreciate it thanks for being on the show again thanks so much for having me kevin Okay, friends, I'm betting that a bunch of folks just got great confirmation for their adult joy of Legos. Uh, again, once a year, off uh, Ryan offers a masterclass, teaches Ask Method, and it's going on right now. You can get involved at askmethod.com slash Ziggler, where I said at the beginning of the show, you'll find most of the Ziggler team. Actually, I think it's the entire Ziggler team participating, including myself as students. Uh, it's just a powerful, powerful perspective. Uh, again, askmethod.com slash Ziggler. And hey, if you got value from this show, please let Ryan and us know, specifically mention the show, what you got out of it. Leave a review in iTunes. And thank you for those of you who do that. 
Coming up next in show 596, we discuss a very relevant paradigm shift, a hugely uh, amazing paradigm shift, I believe, on the topic of goals. I mean, chances are you've had goals pounded into you for many years, for better and worse. And the term goals may or may not even inspire you. And due to that, you may even feel guilty for not being motivated to have set and be focusing on specific goals. And it sounds kind of blasphemous coming from me, right? The voice of the Ziegler show, uh, the veritable kingdom of goals. I mean, isn't goals, aren't those the primary terms and foundation of Zig Ziglar himself? what he's known for. Well, yes, it is. But what you'll hear in this show is that the point of goals is getting to an end result. And the truth is more people are motivated by solving problems than achieving goals. That's the topic of this upcoming show. And it's not mere semantics or a play with words. It's truly foundational regarding how you set your course and achieve anything. So we kick it off uh, with a four minute clip from Tom Ziegler. And it was derived from a discussion I had with him. And he was talking about this aspect of goal being goal driven or problem driven. And I just never heard it put that way before. And it really resonated with me. And I said, we got to do a show on this. So there it is Uh, from Tom's four minute message. Then we posted this question on Facebook. We asked, are you more motivated by achieving goals or solving problems? We got a truckload of responses and they amazingly lined up specific. I mean, dead on to the percentages of who's motivated by which one that Tom shares in the message. Uh, remark regarding again how we're how we're most driven so tom and i talked through a lot of the responses and really gotten into this topic i think it is is a tremendous issue and topic so you want to join us for that till then hey thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together